Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and what a delight to bring in studio Mr. Paul Cardall. Paul, thank you so much for coming. So nice to be here, Rebecca. Well, thank you, you know, for having me. For years, thank you. For years, we've been on a musical journey right. uh, with you, Paul. Right. And my understanding is you've moved to Nashville. That's one of the chapters in your life. How long ago did you it's, move to Nashville? Wow, it's been so exciting to be be there. We still have a, a home here in Utah and are here a lot, but I got to the point in my career where I needed a lot more help and go to Music City. But I didn't know that at first because um, I didn't know I was going to be going there. What happened was my wife and I were in New Orleans. I was keynoting a, a speech for the American Heart Association. We decided to take a road trip to Cleveland and, hey, let's go through Nashville. We've never been there. We went there, uh, we went to the Ryman and saw the Grand Old Opry. I went uh, because we were there, and I, I, I'm a huge lover of history. I went and visited Johnny Cash's grave. Wow. He was someone that I admired and respected how he changed his life. And uh, then we, we left Nashville on our way for Thanksgiving, and uh, my wife looks at me, and I look at her, and, and um, we said, did you did you feel that back there? Do you f- did you feel that? And she says, I think we're supposed to go back to Nashville. And I really didn't know anybody in Nashville. I knew, you know, I knew a couple people. Nathan Pacheco, who sang on my last record, um, was there, but I didn't really know anybody. So we decided, and we talked about it, we decided that after the Christmas season was over, we'd grab a couple suitcases, go to Nashville, find a, an Airbnb, and we actually ended up staying up in a, a hotel for about a month and started meeting people. And it was like every day we were there, something big was happening. And I ended up meeting Jim Daniker, who is the musical director for the last 20 years for Michael W. Smith. And he expressed interest in producing. And that was about the time I was working on the Christmas album. What I'm, you know, someone has told me what Nashville is like, and I'm one of the few Americans, and I've traveled in every state in the country except for Maine, and I've never been to Nashville. But people tell me that it's a small enough town that, indeed, you will go to lunch, and in that room will most likely be a music producer or a songwriter, and that it is a musical supportive family, that people are there to help each other succeed. It's very much that way. People are interested in mentoring and helping where they can. You don't get the same pushback that you do in LA or New York. People are there to to not just be really creative, but to help other people. And I love that. And immediately right away, we had uh, 
David Tolk, who's a pianist here. I went to church and I saw this older couple conducting music and the last name was Tolk. And so I text David and I said, who are the Tolks? They said, he said, that those are my parents. Oh my goodness. So wow. we ended up going to the Tolk's house and they invited us for a couple parties, dinner parties. And, uh, Norman is a, uh, He's a physicist at Vanderbilt. He's very, a physicist at Vanderbilt University who also respected. is extraordinarily musical. Isn't David also a lawyer, too? Yeah, David's an yeah. attorney, which uh, his dad always says, well, you could have been a musician, but you decided <laughs> to, to, to be a lawyer. So. Well, and I'm glad you brought David's name up because, indeed, not only is has the music of your music, Paul Cardall, been online uh, on air on FM 100.3 for so many, many years, particularly particularly as we talk about Sunday sounds and, and inspirational music. David Tolk has also been his music and his Christmas albums have resonated. Yeah, yeah, so this transition yeah. to your release of a new Christmas album is perfect. Can you tell me a little bit um, about the Christmas album? I know we're lucky enough to have four of the songs from it that we'll be listening a bit. Yeah. So guide us through that album. And then as you want to present some of these songs, let's do that because we have Son of God, O Holy Night, Jesus Once of Humble Birth, right. and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Yeah, I, I've been working on this album for two years. It's my first full piano album with Christmas music in 13 years. And I really wanted to give everybody how I feel about Christmas. So you have a lot of nostalgia. There's a song called Christmas Past. You have a lot of joy and excitement and there's moments of stress during the holidays where you're scrambling to get things done. And Frenetic. So, so the music kind of helps reevaluate and reset that. I want you basically to fall in love again with the season. So it's got all those emotions, but it's all centered around the piano. But I also felt like I needed a couple vocal pieces. And when I worked with Jim Daniker, and, and I had never worked with a full-blown producer who really, really knew his stuff. He, I mean, he'd been on tour with Michael for the last 20 years. And, and in between working on this project, when I was out gigging, he was out on the road with Michael. And then we, I, I, I got management back there and we started trying to figure out who to have on the record. And we were so fortunate to get the most awarded gospel singer of all time. She's got 12 Grammys, countless doves, CC Winans. She is so incredible. She was a very good friend of Whitney Houston. She is very respected, very well known. And she does Oh Holy Night and it takes the roof off. The way she sings, it's a testimony that Christmas is truly about Christ.
the voice of Cece Winans. That is spectacularly beautiful, Paul. She's extraordinary. And, you know, so many versions of this song remove a very important verse that I wanted to keep in the radio version. It's also on the, the album, but radio stations will play the version where it talks about the slave. The slave is my brother and that Christ loosed the bands of all slavery. And it was so important to me because I've been very involved in Operation Underground Railroad, working with them and helping to raise money to help rescue kids. I thought, wow, could we just have a Christmas song that brings attention to that and awareness that there is still a lot of slavery in the world. And it might not be like a literal slavery. We enslave ourselves to so many things. And Christ wants to break all those chains and free us. And this song is all about what the Christ child would do in freeing us if we just trust him from everything. So there's this moment where she just majestically invites us to fall on our knees and worship the Christ that gives us everything we could possibly ever imagine. I love the behind um, the scenes story because as we listen to the song, it helps me point my attention to why. Here we go, right? spectacularly beautiful. It's Oh Holy Night on um, Paul Cardall's new Christmas album. That's an emotional song when performed and orchestrated as you have produced it. It's just, it's always an emotional song, but what a way to tell the story, right? How it relates to all of us. It's a favorite. That song is a favorite of all of us, I think, Oh Holy Night. I don't think we get tired of that song. And there's been so many different arrangements and versions, Celine Dion's version, Josh Groban's version. But I really think what Cece has done here is just extraordinary because we added that element about freeing all of us from slavery. And I think the other part of it, um, the slave is our brother. In other words, as we are working as a world, we're working as a country, more importantly, as we work as an individual, as a person, to break down any barriers between us and see each other as whole human beings, that that's part of the message that the Savior brought to the world, too, that joy that he brought to the world, if we'll unleash ourselves from some of the things that that do bind us. What other songs—I know I have— 
Jesus wants of humble birth. And the reason why I want to go there is because I will, you know, share that from our, to our listeners that I did grow up as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as a little girl. I am still uh, attending actively and embracing it. But when I was a little girl, this was one of the songs I would hear quite a bit on Sundays, but not on Christmas. Can you tell me a bit about your decision to play this or include this on your album? Most Christmas songs talk about Christ becoming a man and and having that mortal experience, even though he was God. And when we did this, everyone back in Nashville said, wow, what a great melody. What is the name of that song? I said, it's Jesus Once of Humble Birth. I've never heard that. We think you've got something great here. And I, I said, well, there's millions of people that sing this on Sundays in a very reverent manner. Let's make it sound like Home Alone. And that's what we've done with Jesus Once of Humble Birth. As I'm listening to this, to me as a mother, or as a woman, obviously, that has tended children, it sounds to me like I'm hearing the life of little Jesus, the the lullaby, and then the playtime as a child, and then the magnificence. The joy, the excitement, knowing that the law is going to be fulfilled, you'll figure out the serious nature of that later, but I think Christ was so excited knowing that he could free us and liberate us. And so this is a celebration of what he has done. That is truly beautiful. And I don't think I'll sing Jesus once of humble birth again without thinking of not only the story of his life, but that um, composition. Absolutely beautiful. It's fun to take hymns and reinterpret them. We hear them a certain way so often. And so when you can 
just do a whole new version on it, it I think it adds so much more value to how beautiful that was when it was originally written. And remember that many of these, in fact, I'm one of those text readers. I open up the hymn book, look at the very bottom. You know, this came from 1602 of, you know, Denmark or whatever. And then the lyrics were written. And and that was contemporary at that time. Yes. And it became a tradition to continue either the music and possibly just put other words atop it because people were not as musically educated um, back then. No iTunes, right? No iPod and pianos were rare to come. And and now we have the opportunity, at least Paul, to me, you've been leading out for decades on bringing the full possibilities and majesties to these hymns. I surround myself with people much smarter than me. (laughs) And when you have a great producer and talented musicians, they're able to pull out the very best. And so it's a team effort. I want to make sure that we have a a chance to introduce Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And tell me about what you were looking to create with this. I just wanted something right right out of the gate at the beginning of the record, something that says Christmas is a time not to be frustrated, but to reflect and remember and to celebrate everything that is beautiful, because Christmas is that feeling we all want to recreate throughout the year. Christmas with family around the tree and everyone's getting along, that's for me the celestial kingdom. It's heaven. And so I just wanted all this joy and excitement and beauty, and that's what this is uh, with Hark. The Herald Angels sing. They've come to announce the newborn king is here. I'm glad that you also brought about that creating an emotion for Christmas. Because as you know, um, with FM 100, um, it's interesting. More people listen to our Christmas music than any other radio station in the country who plays Christmas music. In other words, Utah has such a, a, um, a love and appreciation for the holiday, for the meaning. And some people want to hear it. November 1st and, and the discussions about why or what right. and over and over again they'll say it's not the commercialization it's the feeling that Christmas brings that's why I want to have Christmas as early as I can there's a lot of busy difficult things that yeah. I'm dealing with on a regular basis and yet if I can tap into the most important things that matter to me and hold that for a bit yeah who doesn't want, I mean you're, you're right everybody starts decorating because, and I, I know for my mother, she decorates. She wants everyone to come over. She wants everyone to feel loved and, and sheltered and supported. And not everybody has that. And so what music can do is create those moments for our, ourselves. And if we don't have that family, we can create that for those who we do have in our lives and become a family this time of year. I love how music is, by the way, an international language, something we all share together. Now, there is a song that is a new song for me um, on your Christmas album called Son of God. Can you tell us a bit about that? This is one I wrote. I was thinking about Mary and what she would have known. There's a very popular song, Mary, Did You Know? And Mary comes from a very faithful Jewish home. They would have attended the synagogue. She wouldn't be allowed to be in the actual room where the lecture is given, but she sat with the women and would have overheard a lot of sermons. And then when the angel Gabriel comes and basically tells her she's going to have the Son of the Most High, and as she is there holding Jesus in her arms in the manger, which was a cave, that's where they put the animals, this, in my mind, is what she is saying. This is what she's thinking. 
And so I feel like it's an inspired piece. It's not doctrine. It's not official. But it's just my interpretation of what Mary knew. And it's performed by Patrice Tapoki, a Broadway star from Australia, who recently performed with the Tabernacle Choir. Rest your head in my hands, son of God, holy one, That is just beautiful. And this is an original song. It is. It is. I wrote that several years ago. We put it on A New Creation, which is the same album that has One by One that I wrote with Elder Bednar. But I felt like this was so appropriate for the Christmas album that we reorchestrated it, remixed it, remastered, and put it on here because I think it's so significant to know from Mary what she must have been experiencing. And there are millions of mothers who are told from a doctor while the child is still in their womb that their child may have some challenges. And so I want parents that have kids with problems or even parents that are worried about their kids just to relate to Mary because she understood as she watched her son grow, get bullied, and they... You know, they killed him, but then he had this great, glorious victory over death. I can't even imagine what she experienced. And a lot of parents today experience this heartache of, and joy, though, of the bittersweetness of your child and wanting the best for them, but recognizing this life is challenging. Beautiful song, and Paul, as you're sharing um, the thoughts that you had, it, it brought tears to my eyes because there was also the understory of your life as as you were born with heart defects and your mother, who I know, who cared and worried about you throughout your life and how us as a community were able to um, pray for you and watch your journey and, and um, literally uh, pray for your healing after the heart transplant. And um, so I, I appreciate that you shared that part of your personal journey, but how it mirrors so many of us, right? We all yeah. can possibly have moments when we, someone we love, a child so dear, 
is is undergoing pain and and they're so cherished to us. So anyhow, I just wanted to own up to the fact that I'm a little teary eyed right now. And that was really, really beautiful. Thank you so much. I think what's beautiful about Christmas is these are all the things, all the human emotions. It's the time of year where we're donating the most money. It's the time of year where we're doing the most service. It's the time of year where we're reflecting on our family and getting together and all the imperfections and flaws of one another. And yet we get together and we create a memory for ourselves, but mostly it's for our children. We want them to have a legacy of knowing that they're loved and Christmas creates that and music sets the perfect tone as a resource to create a feeling in a home. And we've always, I've always tried to create music that is used as a resource to improve our lives and help people access feelings that are not always easy to access, mm-hmm. to and, bring harmony to the home. And that's the role of art, isn't it? Yes. The role of art. It's just beautiful. Paul, the Christmas album, tell us where we can get it. Do we go to the webpage, paulcardall.com? Deseret Book. Okay. They've got it. Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you want to get your music. Uh, if you come to my website, paulcardall.com, it'll send you some direct links as to how you can order those. And... Uh, and how many tracks are on your Christmas album? 13 tracks. Beautiful. 13 tracks. All right. Congratulations, Paul. Thank you so much. I'm glad you came in on your sleigh from Nashville yeah. <laughs> to share the Christmas album with us. And again, your webpage, paulcardall.com. And as we say goodbye, I'll just play a little of this. Thank you for joining us Thanks, on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. <laughs> 